Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, myself. 
So that's why he has some brief dead air. But anyway, we're back. Back like Cook Crack. Dead in sports. Uh, got a lot of sports to talk, man. Two hours, to be honest, is not enough. Uh, let's before, And, of course, I will not be doing this show alone. Let's jump to uh, my co-host. You know my partners. Uh, first and foremost, the beat maker of our crew. He hails from Detroit. Lives right here in the A. My man, Beezy. Beezy, what up, though? Kyle. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Chilling up here and looking at little bees at these elections and kind of winding down for bed, man. I got to be at work like super, super early. So soon we get down with this at 11, man, I'm crashed. <laughs> I'm crashed. Shutting yeah, it down. I found out. Yeah, man, I found out last minute I got to go in like super, super early in the morning. So, you know, duty calls, man. When the, when the, when the cash is calling, I got to run to it. Hey, I ain't mad at it. I understand totally, oh, bro. Also, wait, wait. Since, since, oh, I'm sorry. I about to say since, since we, no, since go ahead, go Ken, ahead. you know, you know, because I just want to say congratulations to Ken and his wife Mo for they they had a, a healthy baby boy today. Um, it is, it is. And since and since that Ken is not here, I'm going to give my hip hop album. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm gonna hold it down for Ken. Uh, my hip hop album, go. I want to say, I think people sleep on this. You know, a lot of well, of course, me and you, me and you would probably appreciate this. It's, a, it's an older album, but um. Ultramatic MC, Critical Beatdown, uh, yes. 1988. <laughs> yes. um, you know, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think that is such a slap on the album. Ultramatic MC, of, of course, we all know, Cool Keith, um, Said mm-hmm. G, who was the producer, um, TR Love, and I think I'm forgetting somebody else. Oh, um, I think I'm forgetting somebody uh, else. It was, yeah, was one more dude. Damn, B, you got me. Yeah, now I got to go to YouTube one person, check. I know. I know, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, Ultramatic MC's Critical Beatdown, uh, my introduction to Cool Keith before he, you know, dropped this and solo works and everything, but Critical Beatdown was one of the most, it came out in 88, you know, 88 was another great, great year in hip-hop, mm-hmm. you know, it was pretty much my second year listening to hip-hop in 88, so it shows you, I guess how old I am. But, yeah, you know, it, Critical Beatdown, Ultramatic MCs, man. If you're if you listening, if you want to check it out, check it out. You know, Sad G, he did that whole album using the EM SP-1200 sampler for all my beat makers out there that knows beat-making machines, the SP-1200 sampler. He used that, produced that whole album using that, which is crazy. A lot of uh, James Brown sampling. Crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, man. So, Critical Beatdown. Check it out if you haven't, man. It came out. Hey, I man, I, I agree. That, that was a that was a dope album, man. And much like you, that was my introduction to Cool Keith. Um, it, 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 that was one of the best albums to come out that particular year. Yeah. And um, yep. you know, it's still it's one of those albums, man, that you can still listen to. You can listen to to this day, and and still get something out of it, and and realize you know how far hip hop as a medium has has come. Um, so yeah, that that's definitely since Ken is not here, like B said, I I want to send my uh, congratulations to Ken and his wife, uh, healthy baby boy. So Ken is not with us tonight, but we definitely gonna be rocking. FIFO is gonna be coming through uh, in just a few minutes. He's running a little late, uh, we, but we do have someone filling in for Ken. You know him, yeah. you love him. He's here every week. He is the sixth man. Our boy Q. Q. What up? Yo, what's good, B? What's up? What up? What chilling, up, man. What's chilling, good, man. Glad Q. you could come through, brother. Yeah, you know, right. I'm always here on the roster yeah. chilling. Yeah, that's what's up. Glad to have you. <laughs> no doubt, yeah. no doubt. The phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. Let's get it started, man. Um, Wow, man, it's so many things, so many places where I really want to go with this, but... um. 
I guess we can start with the uh, we, we can start with the NFL. Obviously, the, the biggest topic right now um, is trending on Twitter, and uh, everybody's talking about it right now. Is Adrian Peterson? Um, if you're unaware, Adrian Peterson has just uh, earlier this afternoon he pled uh, guilty to a he pled he entered a plea for a misdemeanor charge um, and was charged for a misdemeanor charge. Um, if the plea is accepted, and they expect that it will be. Uh, Adrian Peterson will have to serve uh, no jail time. Uh, he will be fined. Uh, he'll have to pay a four thousand dollar fine and eighty hours of community service. Um, so now that puts the NFL in in, in kind of a, a quirky situation here because most people said when this thing played, when this thing happened, uh, obviously you know Adrian Peterson went to uh, was booked and jailed. He was, I think he spent a couple hours in jail uh, after the uh, child, on the child abuse charge where he had uh, spanked his four-year-old son and he had you know, webs and everything all over him and on his scrotum and everything, his legs. Uh, he, he beat him with a switch. Uh, we talked about it uh, a couple of months ago on the show. Um, so that being said, Roger Goodell and the powers that be in the NFL and the Minnesota Vikings as well uh, are in a very peculiar situation. So Question I want to throw out to you guys: If you were a commissioner, if you were Roger Goodell, would you reinstate? Now, keep in mind, Adrian Peterson has—he only played in one game this year, uh, and then this happened, I think, after week going into week two. So Adrian Peterson has not played since week two. So in essence, he has basically missed what seven games, seven uh, games mm-hmm. for the Vikings. Um, question is, uh, and I'll start first with you, B. Uh, would you reinstate him or would you suspend him even more games uh, and why? Um, and Mr. Mia charge, uh, plead guilty. I, w- I would probably still reinstate him. You know, um, I think it's, it's I'm, now I can't think off the top of my head. I wish I, wish I could have really remembered and looked it up. But I, it, I'm pretty sure there's been players that have done worse things that got reinstated. Didn't Dante Stallworth got reinstated in NFL after Yeah. He- Killed a man. Um, yeah, yeah, killed kill a man. Victor Homicide, he killed a man. So, I mean, you know, and, and to Adrian Peterson's defense, and I think we talked about this a couple months ago, it's like, well, he's he, he just old school. He's too old school for today, to, to today's society. You know, in today's society, if you even smack a kid upside the mouth in public, oh, my God, child abuse. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if, if Adrian Peterson had been doing this back in 1969 or 1970-something, would it be like, what's the big deal? Like, it would be like right. normal, it was like normal limits. So, you know, I think to his defense, yeah, he, he was just too old school in a, in a new school, in a new era discipline. And, you know, I think he should be reinstated. I mean, I don't, you know, yeah, I saw the pictures, and the pictures were very bad. It was very, you know, for a four-year-old, it was a little too too extreme. But, I mean, come on, like I said, it's been guys that have been reinstated in NFL that's done worse than what Adrian Peterson did. So, I you know, let him. I would probably maybe if I'm Minnesota Vikings or Roger Goodell, maybe suspend them for maybe I don't know what two games or something like that, two or three games, and mm-hmm. then he can play. I mean I don't know what position the Vikings are being. That'll be what we we'll be in what week uh, week, week eleven, week twelve. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. Um, so it's almost kind of like what's the point? But you know I wouldn't just be like, hey, you're done for this year. Not that Adrian Peterson want to hang it up for a year. He might just be like, look, at this point, Minnesota, we're not making no noise. We're not doing nothing in NFC North. We don't have a shot. You know, I might as well just go ahead and rest up and train and get ready for next year. Or if you're really passionate about football, maybe Adrian Peterson still wants to play 
and be like, hey, look, this organization is paying me. I still want to go out there and do my job. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's really up on Adrian Peterson, but I think he should see. I think he should be reinstated because I've, I've seen, and I know Dante Sawwork is not the only person I can think of. That. He was just the guy that just came off the top of my head, but I'm pretty right. sure there's other players that have done worse. And that got reinstated and played, or got a slap on the wrist, you know, for their punishment or whatever. So, you know, let Adrian Peterson play. It's not like he's a. It's not like he's been a head case his whole career and doing crazy stuff all the time, or you know, ain't like he's a Ron Artest of NFL. Like, <laughs> right, you right, know, right. I mean, for the most part, he just he he's been a guy that's been very professional. He goes on the football field, do what he do, go off, and then you know you don't hear nothing about him. So it's not like he's he's got like. A long track track record, so I don't have no issue with him being reinstated. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Q? Uh, Adrian Peterson, man, would, would you, every given everything that we know now, man, um, would you reinstate him? Would you suspend him? And if you would suspend him, how long would you suspend him? Um. Well, once again, let me preface this off by saying that uh, I have sympathy for for the child in the. Uh, I guess you could say during this whole situation because, you know, allegations such as these aren't supposed to be taken lightly, but due to the fact right. that we know all the information and the things that happened, um, I think that for the NFL's sake, they're going to try and save some face and suspend him about one or two games, I think. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to talk about Ben Roethlisberger, you know, his allegations. How many games did he get? Was it, was it four or five or something? And that's a serious mm-hmm. Yeah, six. That's I a, think he got yeah I think he got a, he got a six game suspension and then they bumped it down to four. Yeah, so I think they'll give him, I think they'll play hard on TV, give him a four game, but then they'll bump it down to two. And in my personal opinion, I think that's a good. I think that's a good thing because the man literally saw his whole career flash before his eyes. I think mm-hmm. he's seen <laughs> that something like this can happen and ruin his entire career. And I think that he'll adjust his parenting or at least tone down his, you know, disciplinary action on his child right. to the point where you know, it's not going to be an issue in the, in, the, in the public eye. So, I mean, yeah, I think about two games is appropriate, and I think it also makes the NFL look like they actually care about these issues. You know, I know that they really don't. But it's a, it's a, it's a, good, it's, it's a good action on the NFL to give them two games, I think. No doubt, no doubt. Let me read back a comment. Uh, my man Zero Dark 30 in, in the chat room makes a good point. Uh, he said that uh, he would not reinstate him. He said he's been making money all the while he's been sitting this whole time. And that's true. Now, keep in mind, Adrian yeah. Peterson was put on an exemplary list, uh, excuse me, an exemption list uh, for, for the commissioner, a list that I never even knew existed until uh, this trouble came up. But nonetheless, um, so he has collected every penny of his $11 million salary this this season. So he hasn't, he hasn't lost any time. He's lost playing time, but he has not lost any paychecks. So I think that's where a lot of people say that they would suspend him. Um, personally, man, I, I, I think he – I think society, at least to some degree, some people are being a little hypocritical because they said, well, you know, he needs his legal situation to play out. His legal situation has played out, so now what do we do? I think you got to give him a shot. I understand the NFL. If they had their, if, if if they could do it their way, they would see to it that Adrian Peterson didn't play another down this season, just because he's too hot right now, and they don't like B said. I, I think they want to save face. That being said, um, 
here's a guy that has prior to this never even had so much as you know any big run-ins. Well, I think he had a, a speeding ticket or something before. Um, but no, nothing to this level as far as uh, 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 crime, as far as the NFL is concerned. And keep in mind, as I said before, it's a misdemeanor for a guy who has never had been charged with a crime before. I think if you stack apples to apples, like I said, it's guys in the league that have done worse. And it's guys in the league, I mean, you look at a guy like uh, Ray McDonald from the 49ers who still has a domestic uh, violence case looming over his head, has played every down this season for the uh, for the 49ers. So um, I would like to see him reinstated. Uh, I would like to see him reinstated and given the opportunity to play again. I agree with Q. I think the NFL, just to save face, will probably hit him with a two-game suspension. And I think given the fact that he hasn't lost a penny thus far as far as on the field. Now, it also depends, too. Now, if you see, if you have these community activists and sponsors and stuff talking about, you know, boycotting and things of that nature, then you could see you could see the team go a little deeper because the longest that they can suspend him is four games. Um I mean, hell, we only got, what, eight games left in the season, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, before we move on, let's bring in uh, other party, other man, our other brother in the crew, my man FIFO. FIFO, what's good, baby? Yo, 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 what's up, man? What chilling, up, chilling, up, chilling, man. What's going on? Yeah, I'm good, man. I've been listening to the topic, man. Um, you already know I got things to say. You know that. Um, but, but before you get see, started, FIFO, I got to ask you one uh-huh. question off, off the wall, man. What's good? How the hell you missed that review, man? You know what, man? man. <laughs> I, I saw the text message, and I uh-huh. kind of, like, skimmed over it. Like, I didn't, like, you know, in-depth read it. So when I right. saw Diamond, I'm thinking that because we were just talking about that, we interviewed Diamond D for the joint interview, um, right. you know, the mixtape coming out and everything. So I, I, I just put those two together. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm listening to this. And and that's what I did. And we really didn't talk about the reviews since the time we talked about which reviews we were going to do. So I, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even go back. I just, you know, I thought it was Dime Piece. So I've been listening to that all this time. <laughs> and um, I just, I, it's my bad. <laughs> man, no doubt. Diamond District, man, check. check it was, it was, first and foremost, it was a great review by you guys. I'm, I, I got it queued up. to. I, was, I said I was going to listen to it tonight, but... I'm going to definitely get on it tomorrow, man. I'm looking forward to hearing it, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of what they've done in the past. But go ahead. I mean, that's that's yep. hip-hop. I, I, I had to ask you that because I, I forgot to ask you the other day. Uh, yesterday when I saw the review. Uh, what, what you got on this Asian yeah. Peterson, man? Man, on this AP thing, look, B, the only difference between 1969 and 2014 is that everybody can get the pictures. You know what I'm saying? I think that people still, you know, they still beat their kids. And, and I, you know, I don't mean beat. And like a like in in a way where you're just being brutal to your child, but right? No, right. you know, like like sometimes they deserve a spanking, you know. And then it just it, it is what it is. I think that AP because of those pictures, it, it looks like he went overboard. Because trust me, I've got spanked in my life with, with, mm-hmm. with a belt, with extension cord. It don't it don't matter. Like like I, I got beat, but. I never had lacerations, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, for me, I, I just felt like AP just went, uh, like, like he just went a step above the, that line. He just barely crossed that line, you know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and I think that in 69, if people had a way of viewing the pictures of his son, I think, I think that people would have, you know, like, somebody would have said something. 
You know what I'm saying? I don't think that they, he would have been able to sweep it under the rug. But I agree with you guys, though. I think, he, you know, it shouldn't be really more than two games. I think he should be reinstated. Um, I think the Vikings acted swiftly. They got him out, you know, um, indefinitely, uh, even though he's with pay. Um, and, and you're 100% right. I remember the Dante Stallworth thing like it was yesterday because that happened yep. on my birthday weekend. Like, oh, I wow. was in Miami. Yeah, I was in Miami, and we were trying to go down the Rickenbacker Causeway. I saw the Bentley and a whole bunch of cop cars and everything because I, I literally saw his car and him in the backseat of a cop car. So I remember mm. that vividly. Wow. Um, so so with that being said, man, um, yeah, a, AP definitely needs to be reinstated. Um, here's my thing. I think that how and, – and remember, I said this before. I think where Minnesota is right now – they should really look into trading AP. Thank you. You know what? And, and, uh, and, and, and shout out to my boy Dom on, on Twitter. Dom just tweeted. He, he said he said that he thinks that he should be reinstated. He said the question is what will Minnesota do with him? Do you ask? Do you think Minnesota would look to move him? Well, I think well the trade deadline is passed, hasn't it? Yeah. It yeah. Okay, so they can oh, yeah, pass. But, but, but here's the thing: you can sit him down, like like you said, Kyle, the rest of the season. You know, just get ready for next year, and in the off season trade them because because that that's where his trade value is going to be at, at at its highest point. Because that's true, you can get a player and a pick or a couple picks or whatever. Because where Minnesota is right now, they're in a rebuilding phase, and I don't mm-hmm. know if AP can really add enough to that team to 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 really make them a championship contender. And 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 the example I used prior to this was LaDainian Thomason. Look at how long he was loyal to that franchise, right? And and they and, they, and that team was way better than any Minnesota team a has been on. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't able to get it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that at this point, AP just needs to look at it. Yeah, I, you know, I've been a Minnesota Vikings. I've given them everything, but we're not going to win. We're just not going to win. So go to a winning situation. And if I was AP... In lieu of all of this, I might want a fresh start. You know what I'm saying? Not just mm-hmm. a new season, but a fresh start where it's not like the Minnesota fan base is not going to appreciate AP. Wherever AP goes, that fan base is going to appreciate him. Of course, but of course. I think that a new situation, that fan base would embrace him even more. And I think that that's what he needs for the second run of his career, man. And there's a lot of teams out there that can use him. You know, and can give up a couple of picks that they're on the brink of, you know. So, no doubt, no doubt. it's it's gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, again, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. My man Chalk in the chat room said, "Trade him to the Raiders or the Jets as punishment." <laughs> yeah. Oh, Damn. that's wrong. Three four seven two one five seven one six two is the number to call today, man. Tonight, excuse me, tonight, man. We're talking. We're, we're talking about the the midpointers of the season. So it's like like you guys have done on Dead End Hip Hop the mid year review. It's kind of the mid season review, man. So what we want to talk about is just uh, some of the things that we're looking at is, as far as through eight games of, and I think every, almost everybody's played play their eight games thus far throughout the season. Uh, now this next question I want to throw out to you guys and. and I don't know, man. For me, it seems like it changes every week. Um, Through eight games, and Q, I'll start first with you, man. Through eight games, who do you think is the best team in the NFL right now? And like I said, I 
I think if oh, you go back God. and listen to our shows for the last two or three weeks, every I mean, like you might have different answers, but just either off the top of your head or just with your gut right now, who do you think the best team in the NFL is right now? Oh my goodness! Um, there are three teams that stick out to me right now. Uh, go ahead, that's cool. You got New England, who is surging right now with. Tom Brady and that offense, Gronkowski looks like he's about 85% there. And when he gets fully healthy, he's going to be more of a problem than he is right now. You have Arizona, whose defense and Thanks. offense are doing enough right things Thanks. to get their wins. And you got to put the Broncos in, in there. But, dude, the thing is, I just really like Tom Brady, so I got to give it to the Patriots as of right now. Okay. But I'm saying right now, creeping up, if they can stay consistent, creeping up on this list is the is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers, oh, man. is the Pittsburgh you, Steelers creeping up on this man, list? You a smart man, Q. Yeah, Steelers, right really? Okay. I, I didn't expect that. I did not expect. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I, I didn't expect that. Okay. Okay, that's good, Q. Um, so you said the Patriots. Steelers and the Cardinals. Okay, okay. What about you, BZ? Uh Best my, team my, in the NFL right now. My team. I, I I've been high on them since the since before the season kicked off, and I'm glad they 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 proved me right in the Arizona Cardinals. I I said it. I said it. I said, man, mm-hmm. do not be surprised if Arizona take this NFC West. I know we was very high on Seattle. But I was mm-hmm. like, look, don't be surprised if Arizona come out. Because the, the way they're built, they're built similar to that Super Bowl Seattle team that we saw. You know, they have a, they have a strong winning game. Like you said, defensively, offensively, they, they they put enough points when they need to. They got good receivers. You know, um, they they just, they all around, they just all around looking good right now. They well coached. You know, it's just, everything is clicking for Arizona right now. And it's been clicking for them all season. And I completely agree with um, Q on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It seems like they they starting to get going at the right time going into the second half, you know, going into the second half of the NFL season where it's most important going into the playoffs. So I would not be shocked if Pittsburgh mess around and go and go, you know, thirteen and three or twelve and four, you know, and this, finish out the season because they they looking real good right now. Like they you know what though? Right quick, right quick, okay. real, just real quick. There is something that I was reading up on, and I agree with this. There are two teams. In sports, that if they can somehow get in the playoffs, they just it, it just they it, it just go on Cinderella runs, yeah. and that is the New York Giants yeah. and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. That's all yeah, because, I'm gonna say. Because mm-hmm. you, if you look at it, when the Pittsburgh Steelers and Giants won the Super Bowl, guess what their record was? They were like seven, nine, and seven. Barely two yeah, were eight, eight, yeah. yeah, barely eight, getting eight. in. And they, Yep, eight and eight, barely getting in the playoffs as a wild card, and then they just run the table. So you you absolutely right. Like that's why I, that's why I got the Steelers on the radar. Like man, still starting. It look like they starting to click at the right time. And then you know to your your point about New England, isn't it so funny? Q, how it was that week two, week three, everybody yeah, was saying oh, Tom, Brady, Tom Brady needs it. Tom Brady needs to hang it up. Tom Brady is over. He he's having three three you know two or three terrible games. And what I was saying on there, I was like, look, people, calm down. It's only week three for the NFL. It's a long season. And then look what right. happened the next week. Tom Brady had like a like damn near career day. And now they're like, oh, Tom Brady is back. We knew he was back. Like, no, y'all didn't. Y'all mm-hmm. was him up, you know, three weeks ago. Now they're looking like the hottest team. They just rolled, he rolled over uh, the Broncos. And it's like, 
okay, this is this is the Tom Brady that we know. So now everybody back on the Tom Brady bandwagon. It's like it's funny that you know the media people and fans are just like, oh, Tom Brady's mm-hmm. great now when y'all was just calling him washed up in week three. So you know that's one thing I love about the NFL season, man. You just you. You say what you want to predict in September, and then come December, you up there picking up your mouth off the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, people? Uh, who, who do you think the best team in the NFL, or the best teams in the NFL? You know, I wanted to um, pee back off a couple of things. I would say um, right. I, I 100% agree with the Tom Brady thing. Like my boy, he has him in fantasy. He was like, man, I um, he went and got uh, Kirk Cousins. Because he's like, man, I don't know about Tom Brady. I said, look, man, it's what? Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, exactly. my God. <laughs> I said, look, look, he's Tom Brady, bro. He'll be all right. He's not going to have right. a whole season like the first couple. Like, he's Tom Brady. It's just like Peyton. Like, like there's certain positions that you know that even if they have a couple bad games, they're just – they're the whole season, is it, no, that's not going to happen. That's just mm. not going to happen. Um, but in terms of the best team right now, I, I I don't know, man. It goes against everything that I, I truly feel deep in my gut. But what my eyes tell me is the Arizona Cardinals because they've done it with three different quarterbacks. That defense is stellar. And offensively, regardless of who's at quarterback, they have enough to win in the toughest division in the NFL. So with with just solely with just that they're 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 by far the best team, but to me, I think that the Broncos are overall the best team. I think that they could go the furthest out of all of the top three teams. I agree with you know the Patriots being there, but I I think the Broncos are a better team. Um, I I really think that if Arizona and the Broncos were to play in the Super Bowl, I really think that the Broncos could win. I think overall they're a better team. Obviously, because of Peyton, that offense, those wide receivers, those weapons, that's hard. You know, that's hard to stop and guard and all of that. And and they're better than what they were last year, and that's the scary part. Um, you know, I agree with, with Pittsburgh. The only thing with Pittsburgh is is that they're more offensive than they are defensive. There is not, it's not a, a good balance there, um, and especially with Palomalu getting hurt. You know, we don't know. Like, like that's really their heart and soul. James Harrison is back. But um, mm-hmm. overall, man, I have to go with the Cardinals right now. Mid-year, um, they've already faced a lot of adversity, which throughout a season, that's what can carry a team. When you know when the chips are all the way down, we still have the guys in this locker room and on this team to win and, and, to, and, and to still have that same mindset of just winning and actually doing it, not just talking about it, but being about it, that is humongous. So just based off of that, and, you know, they're the best team right now, so I got to give it to them. And I do want to give you guys a quick update. Um, Perry Jones hurt his knee, has a, a right knee contusion, and OKC oh is gosh. down to seven active players. Are you yeah, serious? Woo! Yeah, hey, yeah. people, suit up, man. Call, call, call you know Rico hey. and, and, and get your contract, man. Get your 10-day. Hey, exactly. That's all I need, man. All I need is I'll be all right. Man, Derek Fisher's on the flight right now. <laughs> Leaving oh, the Knicks game right now. And, and we're, we're going to get into uh, OKC. Man, good. Thanks on the update. We're going to get into OKC and some of the injuries that they've been hit with. But, Jesus. I, I mean, I. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Seven um, players on the NBA roster. That's crazy. Seven. How you rebound from that? Um. Uh, back to the question, I think um, if I got to pick 
Uh, AFC, man, I, I, I'm like FIFO, man. I, I'm still giving Denver the slight edge of their ability to run the ball and, um, and, and, and to, you know, what Manning can do. Um, I think even the, having seen the game from Sunday when he went up head-to-head against Brady, I'm not saying that's an anomaly, but I think if that game is in Denver, it's a different game. I think, I mean, it's rare for Peyton to play, you know, really bad. I mean, and he was—he admitted he stunk after the game. Um, that being said, I, I still give Denver the slight, uh, a slight edge uh, in the NFC, man. I really don't want to pick the Cardinals because I don't like Carson Palmer as a quarterback. But at this stage, man, you, you are what your record says you are, and they have the best record in the, in the NFC. So I, I, I can't say otherwise, man. In the I mean, NFL. like you said, yeah, exactly. In the NFL, just one loss, and they're doing it in a division where San Francisco is taking a step. But at least, may look. San Francisco looks like they've taken two or three steps back. Seattle's yeah, taking I a step that. back. So, I mean. And they still have some head-to-head games where that that you know are left to be determined. But still, man, I mean, they look good. They look really good. They ran and just really mashed. I mean, they shut Dallas's running game down this past weekend. So, and they dared, uh, you know, Whedon throw the ball. Now, of course, Romo wasn't in the game, but I, you, you got to go with your C, man. So I'm going to go Cardinals, and I'm going to go Broncos in the AFC. Um, Phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. You're rocking with Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Joined by my partners, Beezy and FIFO. And our boy Q, the sixth man, is filling in for Ken, who had a baby earlier today. Congrats to our boy Ken and his lovely wife. Everybody is healthy and fine. Uh, let's jump to the phone line. Let's go to 843. Looks like I got my dad on the line. Dad, what's up, man? Hey, Kyle. Dad. How's it going? What's going on? How's everything hey. going, Kyle? Hey, fellas, how's everything going? Hey, everything's great. Everything's great. Well, first of all, I'd like to congratulate Ken on the birth of his new child's son, is it not? Yes, yeah, son. son. Yep. Great, great. Hope it looks like his mama. Not saying Ken's ugly, but... Still <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> uh, I was listening to what you guys were saying. I'm going to start with Adrian Peterson. Uh, I believe he should be reinstated. Kyle, you know I'm a child advocate. I'm a guardian of life, so I'm a child advocate for kids who have been abused or neglected. I really honestly believe that Adrian Peterson, if he knew in advance what he would have done or the repercussions of beating that child, he would not have. First off and foremost, what very few, if any people, thought about is the fact that when he hit this child, he wasn't thinking that hey, I'm one of the best-conditioned athletes in the world. Me hitting a child is like picking up a weapon and hitting a child with a two-by-four. You know, if I had spanked that child, even with the switch, with just the same amount of force, I wouldn't have messed that child up like Adrian Peterson did. He messed that child up a lot because he literally did not know his own strength. Now, as far as his money's concerned... Uh, I feel like he should face a heavy fine. I know he got paid during his time out of football, but I don't think he needs to be out of football any longer. But he should make a he should pay a heavy fine, and that fine should go to whatever programs are nationally to help shelters for women and abused children. Anything that would help uh, abused and neglected children 
whatever fine he has should go to that. I also think, he, you know, they put him on probation, but I think they should have sent him to a parenting class so he can learn and learn the fact that I can't hit my kid because I'm big and I'm strong. Or if I have to spank my child because the Bible says withhold not correction from the child. But if he does have to spank him, oh, yeah, that verse also says if he beat him with a rod, surely he will not die. But uh, if you have to spank him, you can spank his butt with a, a palm of your hand and place a couple of nice, you know, not hard blows, but blows hard enough to get your attention and let you know you messed up. I have no problem with that. As an advocate of, of, uh, of ch- child abuse, I have no problem with that. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's what should happen to Adrian Peterson. He should pay some money for that and put him back on the field. Now, I've seen the Vikings running game. I hear you guys talking about sending them packing. Well, what? Uh, and who's coming out of college that's that's uh, a stellar running back? What stellar running back is coming out of college? The only one I've seen that I would want is Ty Gurley. Well, the thing uh, is, that I think if you got to keep in mind, if, if the depending on how this season goes, if they – you know, if they tank it and they, you know, sit him or what have you, and they're at the bottom, they have, they stand a good chance at, at you know, packaging some picks so they can move Gurley. up and get a guy like Gurley. You get a guy like yeah. Gurley, you get a, a, a running back and maybe a couple of linemen or something like that, and you build toward the future. You've already got your quarterback. You build toward the future. You know, like FIFO said, you, it's, it's really about looking ahead, and <clears throat> Adrian Peterson is probably not in their long-term plans. Well, he might not be, but that's that's football because – you know, you you can be Mr. Everything today, and uh, it still comes back to what have you done for me lately? Right. And I have no problem with that. That's that's the nature of the game. These guys that go into that, they know that going in. Uh, as far as the teams are concerned, uh, let me see. I'm kind of with you guys. I, I kind of tend to favor Denver because I'm like you, Kyle. Maybe because we're related and you, and you descended from a great mind we might think alike sometimes. Uh, right. I kind of believe Denver, if they had played that game in Denver rather than in Foxborough, the results would have been different. Uh, I, 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 too, believe that also. At eight games, Manny has, what, one game, maybe two games out of eight that are bad? He's headed like 80% of his games are played well or something close to that. Uh, pick him. Uh, also, the Patriots, they're, they're, the only thing I don't like about the Patriots, they do not have a running game. At some point in time, you might have to have a back that can carry the ball. Now, Denver has Monte Ball. I, I don't know where he's now. I think he must, that might be hurt right now. But they do have backs that can carry the ball. They've got a decent offensive line. Uh, I like Pittsburgh mainly because of Antonio Brown. Uh, so that brings balling. another that that brings another dimension. And James Harrison, you know, we laugh. In fact, I was laughing when they brought him back. But uh, I think he has energized that franchise. He's those young guys see him out there playing. He's brought some leadership to that defense, and where that defense has gotten nasty again. So right now, yep. I think they may well be the top three teams. They are my top three. Was 
was there another question? Oh, um, what was it you said about basketball? Who got hurt today? I, I missed that. Uh, Perry, Jones. Uh, Perry Jones for the OKC Thunder. Perry Jones, I can't remember. And what does he play? Uh, I think he's, he's like, he's he's like power forward. Yeah, he can play. Well, the bottom line is they're down to seven, seven active players tonight. So that's that's hard whoa, to play whoa, an NBA whoa, game. Whoa, 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 They just got the seven guys playing. Yeah, seven. Yep. That, that, that's it, Dad. They, 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 they're beset with injuries. So they, they are scrambling. I mean, I'm pretty sure they'll have a full roster in a couple of days. But right now, you know, they're, they're down to seven tonight. players. Duke, <laughs> Duke or uh, Kansas might take him tonight. You know, shoot, I didn't know it was that bad. Uh, yeah, it was good. It, it's good to see the uh, basketball season back, and I personally am glad that one player more than any I'm glad to see back. And I prayed, even though I'm not a Bulls fan, I want to see D Rose play a complete season. That is a phenomenal young man. And a phenomenal young ball player. I just want him to have a very good, healthy season. And uh, you know, because I, you know, he's just a great, great kid, and I, I want to see him do well. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Hey, well, as always, Dad, thanks for calling in, man. We appreciate it. And Q, uh, Q, thanks for coming. I love to hear you talk, bro. I appreciate it, man. And uh, fellas, don't forget to give my best to uh, brother Ken and Beezy. You were lights out on the uh, last uh, video you guys did. You were really lights out. I loved it. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, point, he, no, the point guard one? The, the point yeah, guard video? The point guard, yeah. He no, thought the point guard. The video. point guard, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were. I knew you would appreciate that one. Yeah, we did, had heard I did, I did, four I years till, till that video came out. I, I did and I do, and I love you guys for the show, man. Keep up the good work, fellas. Right, I'll be listening. Talk to you okay. later, son. So See. long. Phone right. of my dad called 646-478-0356. Let's keep it going. Let's jump to area code 773. 773. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jockman. Jockman, hey. what's going on, man? What's up? Hey, um, so best team in the NFL, I'd have to go with the Denver Broncos right now. Okay. I, I think it uh I think it'll depend on who's the higher seed between New England and Denver to see which team goes to the Super Bowl. Um mm-hmm. also the Arizona Cardinals and the NFC is so far the best team, even though it really, really hurts to see them uh be so good because Bruce Arians was a candidate to, for the Bears job last year for head coach. Oh, wow. And, sure. uh, yeah, see them see them playing well. so well and seeing my Bears struggling, uh, it really hurts right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Yep. I, forgot, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Uh, quickly, uh, congratulations to the San Francisco Giants on winning the World Series for a third time indeed, in five years. Indeed, indeed, yes. Uh, that game seven mm. was really great, and Madison Bumgarner is out of this world. He was yeah. awesome. That dude, man, he, Madison he was. Major shout out to Madison man. Bumgarner, man. That guy, man. Yeah. Right now, I mean, I, I I I was watching him pitch, and I was trying to think, 
is there a more dominant pitcher that I've seen? And not in the last 10, 15 years. We haven't. At least I can't think of any that's been that dominant. And he's still young. He's only, what, 24, 25, right? 24, yeah. I mean, that's. He's got, he got a good, you know, 16, 17 more years to play in the NFL. Yeah, he's he can stay healthy, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And that, that's the key thing about the Giants. Maybe that's, that's – I said this. You know, the key thing in, in, in postseason MLB is pitching. If your pitching mm-hmm. is not up to par, if you, got a, if you got a suspect bullpen, you can forget about it. It happened to my Detroit Tigers. I mean – yeah, we had a good couple of aces, but that bullpen was exposed, and and that's why I said at the beginning of the postseason, I was worried. I was like, man, I'm worried about my. And we got to give man. a major shout out to the Royals, man. I, I yep. nobody, including the, the three or four of us, all of us, I no, none of us picked, I picked them to get past. Yeah. I don't even. I, I don't even think I picked them to, to win the the, the playing playoff game. Get past yeah, the A's. Man, yeah. I didn't know get that they were so. Good, I mean. Man. Man, shout out! Shout out to the Royals, man. I, I I would love to see them get back, man, because they they they. I love the way they play the game. Yeah. Um. Uh. Big move by um my Chicago Cubs. They hired uh Joe Madden. Yes, sir. Manager. Very excited about that. Very excited to see what they do this off season. Um. And uh, one last thing. Uh. I would like to take back everything nice I've ever said or written about Philip Rivers. <laughs> um, I had a fantasy matchup uh, last week that uh, I lost by three points, and my starting quarterback was Philip Rivers. So if he at least put down at least a halfway decent game, I would have won. And yeah, 0.6 points, I think, was the final score in that. Wow. Yeah, that if yeah, Rivers was awful. But then I said yeah. that though. I said I said when Rivers is clicking, he can look like a top three QB in the league. But when he's bad, mm-hmm. my God, he is like awful. Yeah, he, he like, can be he's, really awful. He's like to the yeah, he's like to the point where you'd be like, dude, how are you QBing in the league? That like that's how bad Philip Rivers can look when he's bad. You know, most quarterbacks yeah. when they're bad, it's like, okay, yeah, you had a bad game. But when Philip Rivers is awful, man, he is awful. Yeah, Chargers are uh, Chargers are falling apart right now. Three, yep. three losses mm-hmm. in a row. Yep, not exactly. better for them. It's the loss nope, of not Ryan Matthews. And they were a team that was rolling just a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, it's it's definitely the loss of uh, Ryan Matthews and uh, I forget what the other dude's name is. It came from New England. They were the kind of the spark for their offense, but they've been getting by maybe for a game after they left. Due to the injury, but it just man, they've been imploding ever since, and there is no in between for Philip Rivers, man. He's either he's either like on Peyton Manning level, or he's like Jay Feely, and it's just like it's just like it's, just, <laughs> Damn. it's not. There's no in between. Hey, well, as always, Jock, man, we appreciate you for calling in, man. All right, next week, no doubt. Peace. Phone up my boy Jock Man call six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're locked in to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle. Joined by my partners, Beezy, FIFO, and our boy Q the Six Man, filling in for Ken tonight. So hit us up, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um MVP. Uh, we've talked about it before, and that also seems to have changed, or it seems to change uh, week to week. 
So, FIFO, man, I'm going to start with you. If you had one, one vote for MVP right now through eight games of the season, who gets your vote? Andrew Luck. Wow. I didn't expect that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, you know, he... he you know, Pey- Peyton's having, obviously, a stellar career, but Andrew Luck is on pace of, you know, beating a, a lot of Peyton Manning's, uh, you know, single-season records in uh, in the Annapolis right now. I think he's on pace to beat or come real close to getting the most yards in Colts history. I think he's on pace um, for a single-season touchdowns in Colts history. Um, and he's also doing it with with not the best weapons. You know, uh, Reggie Wayne's been in and out. Uh, yeah. T.Y. Hilton is a good player, not great player. I think Andrew Luck's one of those quarterbacks that elevates players. I, I think T.Y.'s better because he's playing with Luck. Um, you know, Kobe Fleener, the other tight end, I can't remember him, uh, his name, uh, you know, Akeem Nix. You know, all of these guys, like, it, it, he doesn't really have a star out there. And, you know, they're just winning. They're, what, five and – or six and three now, five and three, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're just balling, man. And, and this guy, he I, I, he also – he just broke a record of um, the first um, seven games in a row with more than 300 yards passing. You know, um, he, 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 he's just – he's been on fire, man. And he's the main reason why the Colts are where they are. And here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing about Andrew Luck. He's been in the league three years. Right, you know what I'm saying. So he's still young. Um, to me, I think he's the MVP. Um, you know, I don't want to, you know, make it. It's not Peyton Manning's fault that Denver has been able to amass all of the weapons that he has. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. We know where we're gonna get year in year out with Peyton. We know where we're gonna get with Tom Brady. Um, I think second in my list, it is Tom Brady because. That O-line was atrocious, you know, the beginning of the season. He still really doesn't have any weapons outside of Gronkowski, and they still win, you know. Um, But I think as of right now, man, um, I think the best player I've seen right now is Andrew Luck. Okay, okay. What about you, B? Uh, MVP vote, man. If you had one vote, who would get your vote today? I say uh, DeMarco Murray. Um, Okay. League leading Russian. Um, I think now he's proven – to what what can happen when you give him the ball and he's showing what he can do when he gets the ball a lot opposed to you know the past couple of seasons when the Cowboys act like they didn't want to give him the ball and he's <laughs> right so now now that you give him the ball and he's running look what he's doing you know he, he's he's having monster games he's leading the league in Russia now so I, I would say hands down you know it would be um no I ain't gonna say hands down but I think right now I think Demarco Murray is a mid year. MVP, just because of what he's doing and what he's proving, what he can do. And, you know, the Cow- you know, even if they lost, you know, they had two crucial home losses. But, I mean, look, Cowboys were 5-1 and one at one point, wasn't they? Mm-hmm. So, they were looking good, you know, and, 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 and DeMarco Murray was the reason for that. Cause they, he was running the ball. So, I hate DeMarco Murray. Okay, okay. What about you, Q? Who would get your vote for MVP right now? As of right now in Week 8. All right. Um... All right, I'm gonna be real. Uh, I'm gonna go with the most underappreciated, the most underrated, and one of the most overlooked QBs in the league today. We all will be put on notice very soon. I'm gonna go with Ben Roethlisberger. 
Okay. Sorry. 12 touchdowns in the last two weeks, man. Over the last two weeks, he has put together the most amazing quarterback performance in a two-game span I have ever witnessed in the NFL. This man has put up six touchdowns in two games, amassing more touchdowns than I believe Carson Palmer has on the year, Russell Wilson has on the year, Cam Newton has on the year, um, Alex Smith has on the year, and like five other quarterbacks. I just read the, the list. And he's making his receiving core look like the best receiving core in the NFL. This man, Ben Roethlisberger, is so underappreciated because his ability to escape sacks, and yes, he might hold the ball for too long. He might take a sack here and there. But when Ben gets out of the pocket and he can direct the traffic and tell his receivers to go there, he's going to get you for a 45-yard bomb, 50-yard bomb, touchdown pass. Everyone's like, how did he get out of that? How did he stay up through that hit? How did he evade that? The the only answer is that it's Big Ben. He's been doing this for years. And he's my MVP solely because you've seen the emergence of Martavius Bryant. You've seen the emergence of Marcus Whedon, Antonio Brown. You've seen how great Le'Veon Bell looks. And that, to me, is all of the all of the energy that Ben Roethlisberger gives to that huddle, man. He tells them what they have to do. And when he orchestrates the offense in his up-tempo, and his no huddle, there's no one better than the who does it. Six touchdowns. I think he had 600 yards against FIFO's MVP team. Well, not MVP team, but the quarterback of the MVP. I'm sorry, quarterback, uh, Andrew Luck. He had 600 yards on that defense. He had over, what is it, 350 on Baltimore. Those two defenses aren't a joke. And he embarrassed those cornerbacks. He made those linebackers look silly. And... I just think it's time for people to give him his his props, man. As of right now, week eight, he's my MVP. Okay, but but, man, but here's up. the thing, Q. Are are you going just off of two weeks? Because like prior to these last two weeks, Ben Roethlisberger has been very pedestrian. So so like you giving this guy the MVP, the midseason MVP off of two weeks? Look, if you look at the numbers, Big Ben has had his games, but. If I'm not mistaken, Peyton Manning just got blown out at Foxborough. If I'm not mistaken, Tom Brady just got blown out at Kansas City a few weeks ago. If I'm not mistaken, Andrew Luck just got blown out by Pittsburgh a few uh, a week ago. And Big Ben's numbers, to answer your question fully, there are a few games where he has put up productive numbers and he actually has been in a very good QBR. But then he's had games like the Cleveland game. And the Baltimore game, those two games where he's looked like, like you said, a pedestrian quarterback. But there have also been other games where people are sleeping on him. Like, people slept on the first game against Cleveland. Like, he had, like, 300 yards there for three touchdowns. And then he had uh, the game against Carolina. He had three touchdowns in that game. And I think he had 270-some yards. Just the fact that his overall performance, man, I think he's in the conversation. I, and, and I agree that he should be in the conversation. I just, I, what I disagree is, is this. I believe at the quarterback position, or when we're just talking about MVP, it's all about consistency. It's every single game you know what you're going to get. And until the last two weeks, all I'm saying is, is that Ben hasn't really been that consistent all year. So for me, I can't put him 
even I, I think he's top five MVP candidate um, because going back to back week six touchdowns over you know three four hundred yards that, that's that's ridiculous and you have to be a great like like that's just not an aberration. This guy has two Super Bowl with uh, championships, so I'm not mm-hmm. I, I'm not taking anything away. But what I'm saying is is that you have there's a level of consistency that a MVP candidate should have, and all I'm saying is maybe from here on out. For the rest of the season, Ben has that, and maybe he will be the MVP. But up until this point, I just I don't I don't see it compared to an Aaron Rodgers, compared to the uh, the 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 Marco. Uh, what the hell is his last name? The running back, Murray. Um, Marco Murray. Murray. Yeah, I wanted mm-hmm. to say Ryan's for so for so, for some reason. Um, uh, Peyton, Andrew Luck. These guys have been more consistent over the first eight games than Ben. So that's the only reason why I'm disagreeing with you. I mean, I understand the I understand that point, but then you want to you know look at just the overall performance, man. Overall performance has been in the upper echelon of QBs, and there have been like I can think of three games where he's looked pretty bad. But and I agree. But, but he's not. He has. You know, Aaron Rodgers had 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 that game at Seattle. He just had a game at New Orleans where he looked very pedestrian. And every quarterback has those games, but over the eight weeks. I think that the one thing that we're seeing is that he's starting to heat up. And my prediction, the same way that, like, on the Venice Sports vid- the videos, how you project that Jabari is going to be a top five, I'm projecting, <laughs> that, I'm projecting that Ben, at the end of the season, will be the MVP if they keep this up. And I think they will I because Martavis Bryant is, is, is now, you know, in, in the line of killing it. No, I feel you. I feel you. Um, I, I, I feel you. I, I just thought we was picking uh, until week eight. And for me, I just I think Ben is probably like the fifth best quarterback as of right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, you I know, respect uh, it. So it's cool. It's cool. I, I feel. You I got. Say. I gotta go with Murray, man. I, I much like B. I think if you look at what Murray has done uh, over that, you know, over the first half of the season, you know, he's single hand because Romo has put up decent numbers, not great numbers, but he put he's put up decent numbers. Uh, Sands him getting hurt. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, but um, I think Murray's been the key, man. I, I think he what, started with his first seven games. He had 100 yards in, in each of those seven games. I think that's uh, a, a lot left to be said as far as what he can do. And, and you know, you got to be able to run the ball at some point in time in the NFL. And I think what <laughs> Dallas is doing is they're limiting Romo from having to drop back and have 40, 45 passes a game. And they're controlling the clock, and Murray is, is is adding chunks. And what I what I like about Murray, and you know, I think we talked about it on the top five video uh, on the top five running backs video, uh, and I think Ken said it because he was the only one that brought up Murray. But Murray always tends to fall forward. I, I think if Murray can stay healthy, uh, you know, Dallas, and he is actually on pace if if they if they continue to feed him. You know he could be in the discussion for that all-time rushing lead, uh, rush, single-season rushing record. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't know that he's going to get the ball. He's going to get those that many of attempts because I think ultimately what Dallas is going to try to do is slow him down a little bit because they want to save him and conserve him for the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I got to go with Murray, man. I, I would probably put Brady in a close second, Brady and Manning in a you know what, close though? second. Go ahead, Q. If I can ask you all, if I can ask you all one question, this might just be the Eagles fans trying to be negative or whatever. But this is a valid question. Um, comparing this, the Margo Murray season to AP season is unfair. But I'm gonna just compare the mechanics of AP season 
AP season was very like Michael Jordan esque. Like I'm gonna put the team on my back. I'm the offense, and I'm going That's to be true. the reason that, that we win games, right? Mm-hmm. I think we yeah. can all uh, 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 you know agree upon that. But does DeMarco Murray's fumbles leading the league in fumbles deter that MVP conversation? Because if we look at it, he's almost had a fumble in every game that he's had, also that 100 yards. is He's literally the yin and the yang in every game he's in. He's going to run for 100, but then he's going to fumble at, at his own one-yard line, giving the team a chance to get back in it. And that you know and the Dallas defense hasn't been exposed yet. Well, it has by the Redskins, but at, up, up until that point, it hadn't been exposed yet because he had run the ball so well. But he mm-hmm. always gives the team other team chances to get back in the game, and it was just the fact that the Cowboys were a better team than you know Tennessee and all those other teams. So I'm gonna ask y'all that: Do the fumbles yeah. take away from it? Um, I it, only way, only reason why it just takes away from this Q is if 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 Cowboys keep winning. If, if the Cowboys, mm-hmm. you know, if they if they go through and and, and, and kill their division, and you know, and you know, have a good record and win, I think yeah, I think we're gonna forget about it. But if like the Cowboys kind of go on a little losing streak and he still he still continue to fumble the way he is right now, then I think people are gonna kind of pinpoint that and say, well, wait a minute, he's leading league in, in, in most fumbles lost in, in the year. But if the Cowboys are winning. And they go, you know, twelve and four, thirteen and three, or whatever, or whatever their record is. So they win out the rest of the season. No, I don't think people are gonna really pay attention to that. <laughs> like they ain't gonna, they gonna see Demarco Murray balling, and they're not gonna even look at the fumbles. I mean, I used mm-hmm. to make the same case for Barry Sanders. The years that Barry Sanders was 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 rushing like crazy, he also he also was the number one back in most negative yards. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but people kind of forget that because he was so amazing and he was still balling with no offensive line. So it was like, yeah, yeah, you, you lead the league in the most negative yards, but you still Barry Sanders. You still balling now. Not 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 comparing DeMarco Murray to Barry Sanders. I'm just saying if if, if DeMarco Murray, if Dallas Cowboys still winning and DeMarco Murray still putting up the numbers he's going to put up, then I think they're not going to mind the fumbles. What about you, Nico? What, what's, what's your take on that? <laughs> Um, you know, um, I, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, it's not like DeMarco, like this is his team and they're winning because of him. I think he just had a dynamic that Dallas was sorely missing. So now, you know, they look even better. Um, and, and he compliments Romo and what they're doing. But, um, you know, that's the reason why I didn't pick him as my MVP. That's why I'm picking Andrew Luck. So I don't think – I think he's an MVP candidate, but I don't think he's the MVP Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens, man. I think. Uh, I think. You know what, man? To, to be honest, you you really can make a case for everybody that we mentioned tonight. Um, you can make a strong case for everybody that we mentioned tonight. So going forward, man, it, it's it's really especially the next two or three games coming off of you know some of these teams are coming off late buys and things of that nature. Uh, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, the phone number to call in three four seven two. About to give out the wrong number. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six again. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six. That's what happens when you have two shows and you're trying to do too too many too many things at one time. Uh, one day I gave out my cell phone number on the air, 
Um, <laughs> you're locked into Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Jump by my partners in crime, BZ and FIFO, and our boy Q, the sixth man who's filling in for Ken, who is out tonight. Today, he and his wife celebrate the birth of their son. So congratulations to Ken and his lovely wife. Please keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, let's jump to the NBA, man. Um, we are a week into the NBA season, and we've run into a little problem here. My dad actually touched on it a little bit earlier. Derek Rose. Uh Derrick Rose has been injured already. Uh, I watched a little bit of the game. Um, what was that? Was that Saturday night when they played against uh, Cleveland? They played against LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers. They lost. Uh, D. Rose uh, injured his. He rolled his ankle. He landed on somebody. I think it was Kyrie's foot. Um, midway through the third quarter, did not play anymore. Uh, he. Then I think they had to check out his, and that was his left ankle. Then they had to check out his right ankle the next day, so he didn't play after that. Um, up until about 7 o'clock tonight, D. Rose was actually scheduled to play in tonight's game, but then he was a late scratch. So D. Rose isn't playing tonight either. They thought that he would be ready to play tonight and that everything was a go. That was the word around Chicago's camp today was that, you know, they held him out just for a precaution, and uh, everything's a go. So now D-Rose is sitting out tonight's game, which mm. leads me to the question is, can he last a season? Uh, it, you know he's coming off these injuries, uh, and we've said it. Uh, we said it on the top five point guard, you know, that where his place would be if he's healthy, uh we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the NBA preview show as to where we think Chicago will go if D Rose is healthy. Um, B man, can D Rose last the season? And do you expect him to last this season? Uh, I, you know, well, I ain't gonna say I hope because you know, at the end of the day, that's my rival. You know, I just for him, you know, Derrick Rose is a good dude, man. I, I kind of hope he kind of, you know, just for the good of the NBA, I kind of hope he plays the whole season. But, I mean, I don't know. But, granted, you know, that, that was kind of like a freak accident because I, I right, saw someone happens. splitting. That yeah, happens. it happens. It was, it, it, now, it would be different if he, like, kind of hurt or tweaked his knee, that, that, that you know, one of his knees that he injured. You know what I'm saying? If he kind of, like, ah, you know, tweaked it and you see him lipping off and it's that same knee that he injured before, then I mm-hmm. think that would really make me some concern. I think now I just think Chicago as an organization is kind of being a little bit – a little more precautions about this situation. Yeah, it's a freak accident. It could have happened to anybody. It could have happened to LeBron. It could have happened to Kyrie. It could happen to anybody. You, you step on someone's foot and roll your ankle, you, 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 it, it hurts. You're not you're going to spring it. You're not going to probably come back. It's a freak accident. But, you know, I hope he can. I'm thinking he's going to get at least about anywhere between 50 to 60 games this season. You know, I, I, I think I think, Tim, I think Thibodeau, is, they're going to be really um, – Really, you know, watching his minutes and his playing time, because I, 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 you know, they're already looking at being in the playoffs, probably being a possible number one seed. So, I think they do want to preserve Derrick Rose for as much as they can, especially going into the postseason. So, I don't expect him to play a full eighty, you know, seventy-five, eighty games this season. I would say anywhere between fifty-five and sixty, just as a precaution. Now, and, and I know, and you you mentioned something about there about minutes, and I I wasn't under, I did not know that. 
that Rose and a couple other Bulls players were on basically a minute count, almost like how in baseball a pitcher is on a pitcher's mm-hmm. count where he's only going to pitch for so many innings, and so Rose is only going to play for so many games, excuse, excuse mm-hmm. me, so many minutes mm-hmm. for a game. Uh, do you think that bodes well for them if he's on a minute count and if they sit him out some games? for them to get the best record in the East? Or do you think they would need, you know, home court advantage, assuming that they're playing against Chicago? Excuse me, um, Cleveland. Um, no, I don't... Yeah, yeah, no, he's good. I don't think they would need, per se, need home court advantage because, I mean, for one, they're, they're a great defensive team. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you agree, you're a great defensive team, you can you can get wins on the road. And I and I think Chicago was built to win on the road in the postseason. I think I think they're they're experienced enough to to get wins postseason wins on the road. But so I mean, I just think at this point, I think the organization is kind of like, oh no, you know, he tweaked his ankle. You know, let, let, like you said, I, even going into the season, they were like, let's let's they don't want to you know play him. 42 to 44 minutes a game. We're going to keep Derrick Rose down to, you know, in that 30-minute range of mark because we don't want him to tweak his hurt, re-injure that same knee that he injured. So right. I just think more so is the organization is being just being a little cautious. That's all. I mean, he's, he's pretty much their franchise guy. So, of course, they're going to be, you know, super precautious about it. So I don't blame him. But, you know, I hope, I hope, we, can get some, I hope we can get a lot of games in this season. I really do. Just, just for Derrick Rose. As an organization, mm-hmm. I don't care. It's still Detroit Pistons. <laughs> right. You know, but, <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, as, as, right, right. I mean, but as, you know, just as Derrick Rose, he's a good dude. I, you know, I, it, it's good to see him succeed, and it's good for the NBA if we have him playing. Definitely, definitely. What about you, FIFO? Uh, what, what's your take, man? Do you think he can you, – you were very adamant, and we talked about it both uh, on camera and off camera as far as where you thought he would land – in your top five as far as point guards, if healthy, um, do, do you think he's going to be able to last the season and hold up? Man, all right. First of all, we were talking <laughs> about how ranked number forty was disrespectful to Kobe. I, re, I look the night that D Rose rolled his ankle. ESPN had it on on the left hand column where they have all of the stories coming up. Breaking mm-hmm. news: Derrick Rose injury. That is mad disrespectful. And you know why that's disrespectful? Because B just said, if you play basketball and you've never rolled your ankle, you don't play basketball. It's as simple as that. It was not right. like injury. It, it wasn't right. like he tore He didn't tear right. a ligament in his ankle. Right. He didn't Robert Griffith's ankle. He didn't right. Right. He, he landed on somebody's foot. And you have this big old red thing with D-Rose face talking about D-Rose injury. That shit is disrespectful. <laughs> look, man. Look, look, look. D Rose will be fine. D Rose will play better than sixty-five games. I think that he's back. This right here is a minor setback. It happens to every single Everybody. person who <laughs> plays basketball. Yeah. Every, if you've never rolled your ankle, you don't play ball. You never play basketball. Just, come on, man. <laughs> Yo, there's sometimes I, I'll lay down, I'll wake up, and my ankle stiff as hell. You know why? Because I play ball. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is what it is, man. I, I just think, you know, every – look, I just think it's disrespectful what ESPN did. I saw that. I said, yo, if I was you, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed right now. And, 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 and at the end of the day, it's, it's nothing major. It's nothing – he'll be all right. And here's the thing. Like, you were talking about the ministry restrictions. Yes, like – the Chicago Bulls have proven year in, year out, 
with or without Rose, we are a contender. Or even if we're not contending for the championship, you do not want to see us in the playoffs. And realistically, they don't need home court advantage, at least not nope. this year, because Cleveland is still figuring it out. And mm-hmm. should defense travels. Your offense mm-hmm. sometimes is back right. at home. Right. Sometimes you're going to have them nights where, you know, and, and shoot around, you was hot. Come game time, you ain't making nothing. It happens. But defense always travels. Thibodeau is going to make sure that you play defense. And here's the thing. Chicago now has a lot of shot makers. They don't. They only have one true shot creator, which is D. Rose. But a lot of these guys can make shots now. They're not going to be struggling for offense. And this year, this year, I think, look, I think Cleveland has too much talent but it would not surprise me if Chicago makes it out of the East even without D-Rose, even without D-Rose, because the system is solid, the defense is impeccable, and they have guys that you can go to. You can play high-low with Joe Kim and Gasol. You can feature Gasol and be like, yo, get us some buckets. You know mm-hmm. that you're going to get excellent three-point shooting from Dunleavy and McBucket. You know you're going to get the defense from Butler and no. They're all right, man. And that boy Ty Gibson going to win six man of the year. Chicago's all right. Man, look, look. Chicago's all right. D-Rose is all right. We we don't even need to be talking about the damn Chicago Bulls right now. Y'all get it. <laughs> what about you, Q? What's your take on it, man? D-Rose, man. Can we get a healthy D-Rose for, for a full 82? Well, well, we know he's not going to be there for 82 because he already missed a couple of games, but for, for the majority of a full mm-hmm. season? Um... Man, um, well, let me start this off by saying that uh, y'all know I'm a Sixers fan, and I was actually attending the game in which D Rose got hurt the first time. I don't know what okay. it was. I, I I got an offer from someone to say, "Hey, come to Chicago, you know, fly you out, and we can watch the game with my, with my cousins." And I'm like, "All right, cool." And I go to see the game, and you already know what happens, and we're here now. So. Can he play a healthy season? Yeah, it's possible. It's very possible that he can. But, you know, it is an ankle injury, and it's not that serious. But it's just, once again, a reminder that, you know, that championship window is so fragile. And I'm glad they're doing the minute restrictions because you don't want to see that man. You know, I don't because I don't want to see that man, you know, have to sit in a suit during the playoffs again. The NBA needs superstars. So, can he play one? It is possible. It's just, you know, like, it's like when Grant Hill got, got, got hurt and everyone was like, hey, man, he'll be back next season. Then he gets hurt the next season. Then it's like a small thing. And then that leads to a big injury. It's just like, will Grant Hill ever get right? And he never did. Right, right, right. Which is which, which, which is really what I'm afraid of for D. Rose. And, you know, um, my, uh, my aunt, who is who is a doctor, will say that, you know, small injuries like that in sports are small in a vacuum. But when riddled with them, this has Allen Iverson, man, those things start to add on. Those things start to pile on through a season. And it leads to the big break where you're just like, all right, this part of my leg is gone or, oh, this part hurts. So, what, you know, this tournament comes back. So it's not big right now. It's not big right now. I'm not saying it is. But in – the mix of the season, I want to see what D-Rose is like at 50 games. The same way I want to see what where D-Wade and Kobe are at, at 50 games. You know, are they still going to be making shots? Can they still get up? We'll see. Mm-hmm. 
So my answer is uh, I'm I'm undecided, man. I really don't know. <laughs> I, I, I got yours, right, B? Yeah, you got me. You got me. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I I, I my court, my answer is man. I hope so, man. I, I'm. I'm not a Bulls fan, man, but I, I like seeing D Rose play. I, I, I like the way that he goes about his business. I like the way he goes about. I like watching. I like his game. I, I like, and I think at this critical stage, um, like B said, man, it's good when we have our superstars on the floor. When you have your superstars on the floor, uh, it, it, everything works better for the NBA just from a marketing perspective, from a fan perspective, because we get a chance to see, you know, greatness. We get a chance to see guys go at it. And I, it, was a, it was a joy for me, uh, you know, at least through the first two or three quarters to see Kyrie and uh, Kyrie Irving and, and Derrick Rose going back and forth at it and seeing what LeBron could do. I mean, it was a... I don't want to call it a statement game or anything because it's too early in the season, but it was a good game early in the season. Uh, it was on TV and everything like that. Um, that said, I think uh, I, I, I would like to see him stay healthy. Um, I agree. I didn't see the, the thing on TV, FIFO, but I agree with you, man. You made me laugh because you're, you're right. It's not breaking news. If he had torn his ACL, if he had torn his Achilles, if he pulled a quad, that might be a little different. It, if you play basketball, and, and even if you just play recreationally, if you never play competitively in your life, you're going to roll your ankle. You're going to land on somebody's that, – that injury happens on every basketball court all across the country, all across the world. Mm-hmm. It happens. It'll happen to somebody tomorrow. Uh, God forbid it, opens, it happens to any of us playing playing ball. But, um, you know, it's just something that happened. It, it, it's a freak accident. It happens to almost every player in the NBA. Uh, he'll be fine. Like you said, like FIFO said, if, if if he had tore his Achilles or something like that, or tore ACL or pulled a quad or something like that, that'd be a little different. If he pulled his hamstring, you could say, well, maybe he's overcompensating for his, you know, sore knees or what have you. I mean, it, it's just stop it. <laughs> just stop it. Mm-hmm. I understand and I get it that you have to report it and things of that nature, but um, they made it, and when I say they, the media made it sound as if, like, Derrick Rose is on his deathbed. It's, it's not that. <laughs> and it was it was the third game of the season. I mean, come on. 347 <laughs> Damn it. 646-478-0356. Since I'm throwing that number out, check out my show tomorrow night, 12 radio show, 9 to 11 p.m. <laughs> Big game. Shelly Shell coming through. We're talking sex. Check me out, 9 to 11. Damn, I don't know why I keep throwing my number out. 646-478-0356 is the phone number to call. Tonight's show, we are Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Join by FIFO, BZ, and my boy Q, the sixth man, filling in for Ken. Uh, hit us up. Um, next question I have for you guys. Um OKC Thunder. We we talked about it briefly uh <laughs> when FIFO broke the news of uh Perry going down. Um That's breaking news. Yeah, that yeah, that's breaking news. <laughs> Having to play an NBA game with only seven active players. Um and we don't know the severity of his injury, but with Westbrook and Durant out. And I'll start first with you, Q. Do you think as as competitive as the West is do you think that OKC can, you know, make the playoffs in the West? 
or are they really, really in jeopardy of not making the playoffs? Um, if there was ever a time to hit the panic button, now would be that time. <laughs> I mean, it's literally it's like panic button. they are they are in as much trouble as a bunch of people shipwrecked in the middle of the ocean with a bunch of stakes around their neck in shark-infested waters. That's how much of a problem they are in. Good guy. I mean, Reggie Jackson is still fighting through his injury. I don't even know if he's playing. I think he's on the bench. He's not doing anything. I have no clue. Uh, Russell Westbrook out four to six weeks with a hand fracture. He had to have surgery on it, I believe. Kevin Durant mm-hmm. out with one of the most, like, rare, but actually not even rare, one of the most sensitive bone injuries in the league. Cause I, think, I think it's the same thing that um, either Embiid is fighting through or his prior injury. I can't remember. But just all those injuries, man. And plus, Ibaka is probably not even back 100% his, himself. So they are in trouble. They are in trouble right now. Am I saying that, you know, if they come back and they start winning, winning games, could they be the most dangerous eighth seed of all time? Probably. They probably would be the most right. dangerous eighth seed of all time. But they are in danger because I will throw out a couple couple teams that are making some waves and teams that I think could get hot while OKC could struggle to get it together, even with – or um, Durant and Westbrook coming back because you can't just, as Cleveland has shown us, you can't just put talent on on the floor and expect no. just win. You you right. have to play together. You have to get some time in together. Even if you are teammates, you can spend a whole summer together. As so shown us by Cleveland, Phoenix is a team that has a six man of the year candidate coming off the bench who should be starting on almost every team in the NBA. Isaiah Thomas. Along with Taj Gibson, mm-hmm. are two front runners for six men of the year. That's a team that mm-hmm. could very much take the AC if OKC loses a bunch of games. Um, the Pelicans are on the fence. They have Anthony Davis, who FIFO has you know shown his praises to, said yep. that he will be the next superstar, and I believe that too. And he started off the season with a, a damn near triple double. Man, he just went off. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, who I think are leading their division, I probably won't even be an AC. The Portland Trailblazers, who are struggling a little bit, that could be an AC, but I don't think they will because it's not even midseason yet. But those are some teams, as of right now, if the playoffs started today, like those will be like teams fighting for the AC. And if I'm Kobe, that's something to be very, very optimistic about. You could preach that in, in the locker room, that, hey, we got six weeks to get some wins. <laughs> you know, we got, we got six weeks to get our act together. You know, um, so, I mean, the Lakers, uh, I don't know if they could do something, but, yeah, OKC's in trouble, man. Them boys better get it together. Perry Jones scored 30 on the Clippers, and that is a player who not many people even knew was on the roster. So, wow. with him gone, with him gone, who they got? Cephalosha's in Atlanta. I mean, good God, man, they're in trouble. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I To be honest with you, I, I'd have to look at their look at uh NBA.com to look at their roster. What's your take on the FIFO, man? Like I said, Westbrook is out. Uh, they're saying four to six weeks. Could be six to eight. Uh, Durant is out another eight weeks. So you're, you're really looking at Durant and Westbrook coming back, you know, all things considered, within a month of each other or a couple of weeks of each other. Um, they should get Jackson back, I think, in a couple of weeks. But uh, you know, it, it's still you know no, slim Jack- pickings for that, that roster. Back now. 
Oh, Jacksonville. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Re- so what, what, what's your take on it, man? Here's the thing. Um, you know, they're, they're they're both out four to six weeks. That's a month to a month and a half, right? That's 22 mm-hmm. games. Out of those 22 games, they're they're only playing six playoff teams. So I, I'll put it to you like this: right now, in their current state, that injury to Perry Jones is really big because he's been their leading scorer since. Well, obviously not the first game because because Russell went off for like almost 40, but um since then Perry Jones has been their um. Leading scorer, averaging 18.5 points a game. So with him out, that's very big, and having only seven active players. But here's the thing. Hopefully Perry's not that hurt and he's only out a game or two. If they can stay around 500, 10 and 12, 8 and 13, something around that, and then you get KD and Russ back, you're going to be all right, and you're going to make the playoffs. You're probably not going to finish in the top three, but it all depends. If KD comes back and it's like he never missed a step and he doesn't have rust and all of that, and he, and we already know Westbrook's not going to do that because we've seen him right. come back from three knee injuries last year, and every single time he came back, then he have a triple-double like in 20 minutes. So, 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 so look, right, right. Look, look, I, I'm not worried about them. I, I don't think that um, because they're in the West, I don't know if – They'll finish top three, but they're, they're going to make the playoffs. And let come on, just with Westbrook alone, he can keep them around five hundred. If KD comes back and he's all right, and then you get the rest of that depth, yeah, man, they're going to be all right. I'm, I'm not I'm, right now with that Perry injury. I'm like, holy crap! Like, I, look, I'm concerned, but I'm really not. I'm really not that worried, man. Because again, they're only missing twenty games which is, a, is only a quarter of the season. They got three quarters to make that up. And we've seen OKC go on 10-12 game win streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You have the MVP of last year, and this man is still getting better. He's not Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Kobe's <laughs> great, but he's not getting better every day. KD's still getting better, man. He's still adding to his game. I am uh, not worried in OKC right now. Oh I have but one question. Um, go ahead. Go I agree ahead. with I, – I really do agree with some points that you made, but do you uh, do you agree that this is the Western Conference and that if – you know who the coach of OKC is. Like, they didn't hire Phil Jackson mm-hmm. who's going to keep this team mm-hmm. intact. This is still Scott mm-hmm. Brooks that we're dealing with. And Perry mm-hmm. Jones was their saving grace. Six mm-hmm. weeks – with losses, with more losses than wins in the West, we know can very well damn the end of your season. Because we see what happened to Phoenix. Phoenix went on, like I think it was a 10-game lose streak or a 5-game lose streak, and they were already out of contention. The boys won 48 games last year. They were much like the Arizona Cardinals. That's kind of weird, Phoenix and Phoenix. They both did, had good seasons. And mm-hmm. you see what happened. Memphis got on top. They got a little late run. And they, you know, got the playoffs. Okay, see, they're missing, they're missing Katie and, and and Russ, and there are many factors that, you know, factor into this because who knows if the Pelicans get on a run? Who knows if you know Houston, Dallas, all those teams? Like a four weeks in the in the West with more losses than wins can very well be spelled death for your season. Okay, but, but but like I said, man, out of the 22 games that they're scheduled to miss, and obviously that, that that's not exact, 
because you know um, Russell could, could 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 miss seven weeks instead of six weeks or four weeks, right? So mm-hmm. so we don't know exactly. This is just kind of a, a, a roundabout. Um, Around the and I'm pulling up the schedule now because because I, I want I, I want to look exactly I, I want I want to have it in front of my face. But here's the thing with Perry Jones again that, that like that's the injury that gets me concerned right now. But if Perry Jones is all right, he you know, he only misses a game or two. There's no way that you can't tell me that facing 16 non-playoff teams. OKC cannot win at least half of those games. Like, like you can't tell me that. because talent-wise, talent-wise, even with all of those injuries, they're still better than a lot of teams. <laughs> they're still better than a lot of teams, and you know I love what Philly's doing. But with Perry Jones in that lineup with Ibaka and Reggie Jackson, OKC is better than Philly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm going to the fourth quarter, apparently. Yeah, a lot of teams are better than us. Yeah. But, but look, look yeah. and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not taking no digs or nothing like that. I'm, I'm just being 100% honest right now. No, like, yeah, that's, okay. not, that's real. That's real. You, you know what I'm saying? So, 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 that, so that's what – all right, man, come on now. Why, why is this tripping? All right, so <laughs> we, we, we're, we're looking at um, – like with Sacramento, they are on par with Sacramento with, with a healthy Perry Jones. Right now, and Baca, Reggie Jackson, and Perry Jones is on par with that Sacramento team. That 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 that, that, that can go either way. Um, mm-hmm. Come on, man! I need more of the schedule. Why are you only giving me four games? All right, man. This <laughs> is, see, now when I need something, but look, let me let me throw it over day, to B. While you got, I'm looking at. It, I, think, I think they have like Portland a couple of times, and then they have Sacramento a couple of times. Then they go to the East, and they they, they play um, Washington a few teams. I'm saying that those are going to be close games with or without Perry Jones, and I think the coaching matchups could present either a gift or a problem for them. But I think that, you know, all right, let's say they have 20 games without Perry Jones, KD, and Russ. Let's say they play 20. I think on I think if Perry Jones gives out the same pr- pr- the production that he did, um, I think they can win – he, Nine, ten, or okay. eleven of those games. He, he, all right, B. Before before we go on to you, I I got I have the regular season in front of me. Tonight they right. just lost to the Raptors. Right. Then they have the Grizzlies. That's a loss. Sacramento could go either way. They're better than the Milwaukee Bucks, even though I like what the Milwaukee Bucks have. They're better than the Boston Celtics. They're definitely better than Detroit. Sorry, B. They're losing. No, a, you, know, <laughs> you, don't say, you don't have to say sorry. Trust me. Yeah. To They're losing it. Yeah, they're losing to Houston. They're better than Utah. Denver can go 50-50. Brooklyn can go 50-50. Golden State, they're losing. They got Utah again. The Knicks can go 50-50. Um, New Orleans, that can go 50-50. Better than Philly. Better than Detroit again. Better than Milwaukee. Losing to the Cavs. Minnesota's 50-50. Losing to Phoenix against Sacramento. So, so as long as they stay 500 with their main guys out, they can make a three-quarter push to make the playoffs. Man, we, we're talking, it's not like we're talking like, oh, you know, Durant's gone for the whole year. Come oh, on. Of course it, not. It, it, we're not talking like their two main guys are gone for the whole year. They're going to be there for 60-plus games. And in, in those 60-plus games, let's be honest, they could win 50, 45 of those. 
and you and, and, and if and if this OKC team can get you ten wins, fifty two games, fifty five games get you in the playoffs in the West, and that's what they can do realistically. I'm not even like overreaching right now. Realistically, they can still win fifty plus games, and that's what you need. That's a magical number in the West. You want a, a, even a shot to make in the playoffs? You got to get to fifty. You really want to yeah. contend? You got to get over fifty. So I really think that they can get to fifty games even with these two guys out. Yeah. Okay. I guess my point wow. is that that's, 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 that's really a bold prediction, prediction right there. Bold prediction. <laughs> Let me toss it over to B. What about you, B man? What's your take on it, man? OKC, do do you think that they have enough to make it uh, with these mounting injuries? Yeah, I think you know. To people's point, I think OKC is going to be just fine. I mean. Today's saving grace is luckily it's the you know the very beginning of the NBA season and not we're not then and Westbrook and Durant not getting injured at the end of February and March or whatever so you know I, I think if they can if they can squeeze out at least while they out within this next month you know four to five weeks and they can get like about ten to twelve wins they're gonna be okay because trust me when 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 you know when Durant and Westbrook come back and when they finally get back you know they get their mojo back throughout the season. And they know when it's getting time, the crunch time to start making the run for the playoffs, they're gonna be lock and loaded, and they they're gonna start playing serious in the month in that month of late after All Star break in late February and going into March when they like, hey yo, look, we you know we we the number eight seed right now, we gotta you know turn up a notch, or we the number nine seed or, or ten seed looking out, we gotta turn it up a notch. So I, I think Durant and Westbrook gonna lock like get lock and loaded come March, you know. As long as they can, if they can squeeze in, like I said, anywhere between ten and twelve wins, they'll be okay. They, they, you know, they like people. They get to about fifty, anywhere between fifty to fifty-seven wins of the season. If they can squeeze out about ten or twelve right now, so they'll be good. I, I'm not worried. Like I said, they, this is very the very beginning of the season. We're in November. We got all the way into April. You know, they, the season go all the way to April. So I, I think OKC is gonna be okay. No doubt, no doubt. The phone number to call in six four six. Four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're tuned in to the best sports talk show on the internet. It's the place where sports opinions collide. You are listening to Dead End Sports. I'm your host Twelve Kyle, joined by my partners Beefo, Beezy, and our boy Q, the Six Man, filling in for for uh, for for Ken tonight. Hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Right now, let's jump to the phone lines. Let's go to area code 860. 860, you're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Good fellas, it's Eric. What's going on, Eric? Not too much, man. What you got for us tonight, man? So, um, like you, you guys are saying, I don't think that the Thunder are in a whole lot of trouble yet because of how early it is. Uh in the season but you know uh in the long run in the west you can only lose like 30 games they're they're not in in that like bad area yet but i i did watch them play brooklyn the other night uh the the first night that uh reggie jackson came came back mm-hmm. and they looked lost on offense without Durant and westbrook wow they look lost. Reggie Jackson was turning the ball over everywhere. He, he like finished with like twenty three and, and and five, but it was ugly. 
It was. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because you got to remember those guys haven't. A lot of them haven't, with the maybe the exception of Reggie Jackson. None of them have have been able to play being the guy probably since college. Ever since they've been in the NBA, they've just been you know very good role players. So that's a different element in and of itself. Yeah. But you, but here, but here's the thing too. With Reggie Jackson coming back, you know, being a point guard and that ball handling aspect of it, you being away, that you're gonna lose some of that, and you're gonna have turnovers. Look at D Rose. As good as as good as he has played when he's been on the court, there's certain movements, certain shots, certain drives to the basket where he's losing the ball, and you're just like, what is that? That's just rust. There's no way that you can play yourself out of it until you get enough minutes up under you. And, and yeah, they, they 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 look a little lost because the head of the snake doesn't know what what really what's going on right now with, with Reggie Jackson. But here here's the main reason why I'm not concerned or not worried, but I because of Perry. And and, and if you follow me on Twitter, I've said Perry Jones at this point in his career, four or five years in. He should be OKC's third or fourth best player. He really should because he has that talent level. And and right now, hopefully this injury is not severe, but if he gets that opportunity to thrive right now, it's going to pay dividends in the long run. And I think that they just need to focus their offense through him, Ibaka, and Reggie, and they'll be all right. And, and Reggie will get back to, to, to the Reggie that we all know. You know, like like realistically, this this guy can start on a lot of teams in the NBA, and it's really a luxury to have him as the sixth man uh, on a roster, on a championship roster. I, they'll be fine, man. OKC will be fine. The thing is, though, I I do agree with what um, people just said, but you know, one thing I think people are also missing in this whole situation, and a pretty you know good headline is this could be a defining moment in Scott Book's career, if we're being quite honest. Um, he's To me, he's quietly on the hot seat. No one's saying, you know, if you don't win this year, you're getting fired. But he's on the hot seat in terms of, you know, Durant's decision in 2016, Westbrook's contract coming up, Ibaka, you know. And if he can somehow corral his troops and improve that his team is more than just Durant and Westbrook, and that he can pull a Popovich because let's not let's not let's not take this for, for granted. Popovich won games last year without Duncan, Manu, and Parker in the lineup. Very and the year before that, and the year before that. So if he can prove his worth as a coach and say that yo I got you without KD or Westbrook, and we can win some games and I can get you guys right and put you in a position to still be a top eight. And I think that pays dividends for Scott Brooks, and I think KD will take that as a sign of, you know, showing maturity as a coach and maturing and finally becoming what he needs, and that is someone who is going to get them through the playoffs and the hardships because this is going to be as hard as it gets, man. This is going to be as hard as it gets. So I think that's a pretty good um, indicator of what the season is going to be like for OKC if they can somehow get some wins. So the um, other thing that I was thinking about for the the summer is that if if they're like like a lower seed like a like a seven seed say they it, it's it's not like a defining like 
thing, but they they thrive very much so off of their home crowd in in the playoffs. Do you think that that would like hurt them like in a in a seven game series? I think it might help them um, to kind of get the best team out the way uh, first, you know, because it, it's all, it's not necessarily going to get easier. But obviously, if they finish seventh, eighth, you know, six, six or below. You're going to be playing the likes of San Antonio, the Clippers, Golden State in that first round, and if you can knock them out first, it it it, it might it might bode well for them. Especially, you know, they might. I'll put it to you like this: if they finish that low and they win their first round matchup, I think they're probably making it out the West. Oh, I no think doubt. It'll I, I agree. It'll, for them, man. It'll it'll be easy for them because. If they're an eight seed or a six or seven, and they go up against you know the Spurs and say they take them to seven, but they win the series, I think cruising on to like a Memphis or a Clippers or a Portland, good God, man, OKC's going to go to the finals, man, easy. If they can get past San Antonio, that's not an easy feat. This is just saying right right now. But uh, yeah, Very I think true. they think they could think, think they could uh, do something. Yeah, and and that's um, especially true when. When like in like the like second and third round, like people were saying like oh like Durant and, and them are, are are tired now. So if, if if they can play that that tougher team first, then they'll they'll be more rested for them, I guess. Yeah, and they'll be more rested because they're taking 22 games off right now. So you know this is almost like playoff basketball time. You know where where, where they're gonna have 22 uh, games extra fresh legs. So they'll be fine. I'm really not worried about OKC like that right now unless they just get two more injuries and they're going into games with five players. That's a problem. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> hey, well, as always, Eric, man, thanks for calling in, man. We definitely appreciate it, brother. No doubt. Also, uh, the 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 new and improved Mavericks look very, very good. Yes. Very, very yes, good. they do. They do. They, they really they, they they they're and they're off to a good start too. They're off to a good start. Boy Parson. Exactly. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for calling hey, in, Eric. Man, we appreciate it, brother. All right, peace. Peace. Phone number Eric call six four six four seven eight zero three five six. What up, though? You know, and who who picked the Dallas Mavericks to win the division? Mm-hmm. I think that would be yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be you. Yeah, I think that would be you. did pick him. I I cannot lie. We did talk about uh, Chandler Parsons as well. He 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 could be the reason that they you know turn that thing around. And, and Dallas was people forget about Dallas. Dallas was the only team to push San Antonio to seven games last year in the finals. Yeah. So excuse me in the, in the playoffs. So you know it, it it bodes well for them to not to say they had San Antonio's number, but I mean, they pushed them in seven, and San Antonio ran roughshod over Miami. So go figure. Um, let's jump back to the phone lines. Let's go to area code two hundred five. Two hundred five. You're on with the boys from Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? Uh, it's Captain Snake. How you doing, guys? Captain Snake, what's going hey, on, partner? Uh, not too much, guys. Just uh, wanted to chime in on this uh, discussion about the Thunder. Go ahead. Uh, I just uh, I look at the, you know I look at what they got on their team and you know I think Perry Jones can be a contributor and can be a difference maker but I just look at their roster and I just I just think that 
you know, depending on how long they're going to be out, you know, Durant Westbrook, you know, I I could easily see them going. I think you Pifo said something like 22 or 23 odd games or something. You know, I could see them going 8 and 15, you know, maybe 9 and 14 or something. And like y'all said earlier, you know, they're going to have to win 50 games, 48, 48, 49, 50 to even be in the conversation for probably an eighth seed in the West. And, you know, if they get out to an eight sixteen start, you know, or something, you know, you think Durant is going to come back and he's going to be, you know, just fine. But what if it's one of those things where, you know, it takes him a month to get kind of like, you know, like the Durant we're used to seeing or Westbrook. What if it's, you know, like what we're used to seeing, you know, then they're 10 games under five hundred in January and February, and you really need them to be a little bit closer in January and February. And then even if they do have this crazy second-half run, you know, I see them, you know, right now, I think they're going to finish with 46, 47, 48 in. I really don't see any way they're going to win 52, 53 to get probably fifth or sixth seed. So I really think they're they're going to be with Phoenix or – probably New Orleans, you know, kind of in that group of fighting for that eighth seed. And, you know, I just look at other teams. You know, I think, you know, right now, obviously Phoenix is better right now. I think uh, New Orleans, until they get uh, Durant and Westbrook back, I mean, I, New Orleans, that's 50-50. Uh, you know, so I'm thinking uh, 47 wins, really. You know, it, it would be good for them this year, I think. Uh, what do you well, guys think? Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, you know, the Western Conference is a lot like the SEC. You know, they're, they're, they're going to cannibalize themselves. They're, they're, they're going to all feed yeah. off of each other. Um, and, and this year, even though the talent level might be higher, you may be able to get into the playoffs with 47 wins versus last year where you really needed 50 to get in uh, because the, the talent level is so much better and it's spread out through more teams now. And here's the thing, right? We can only go off of what we've seen. We've seen – we've never really seen KD have a major injury like this where he's missed 20, 30-some-odd games, right? But we've seen Absolutely. Russell Westbrook come back from injuries and still be Russell Westbrook. With just Russell Westbrook, OKC is a playoff contender. With KD, even at 50 60%, with a 80 90% Russell Westbrook – you're, you, you're, you're probably going to make the playoffs. And here's the thing. At the end of the day, we don't know what they're going to do without these guys. And I can't really say, you know, they're going to be a 500 team without them. But as I started reading off their opponents in the next, you know, 10, 15 games, that looks like a 500 schedule right there. You know, and, and, I, and for me as a coach, if I was, if I was coaching OKC, that's the message. I'm, obviously, you want to win every single game. But to get out of this stretch, to give the the team hope, like you got to be like, yo, we got to at least play 500 ball. We got to right. win these games that we have to. We cannot lose to Utah. Well, you can't do that. <laughs> playoff okay. teams don't do that, regardless of how injury riddled your season may be. A playoff team cannot lose to Utah right now, and that and that's no slight to Utah because that boy Derek Favors is for real. Gordon Hayward just got paid. Alex Burke just got paid. You know, so like they Burberg. have some ball players over there. But at, but at the same time, you're OKC. Okay you cannot lose to that team. And that's where coaching comes in. And here's the thing. 
as, as hard as I am on Scott Brooks, OKC always comes out to play. They always play tough. That defense is always energetic. So I can never take that away from them. And as long as they do that, defense travels, and I believe that they can play 500 ball. And as long as they can play around 500 ball until their big guns come back, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. Hey, Vivo. Okay. Let me ask you this, man. Do you think that teams are, from now on, do you think teams are going to play OKC 10 times harder knowing that this could be crucial for them in the end of the year? If, like, because let's be honest, if OKC just tanks this run that, that, that they go on, these could very well come back to haunt them in the end of the year. So do you think teams, teams are going to sleep on them? OKC is going to surprise these teams, like, you know, the Utahs well, and, the, and, and the Bostons? Or are teams going to get up and play them knowing that, yo, these, these guys need these? Nah. See, here's the thing. With some of those teams that I named, right, like, um, like Utah, Utah doesn't know how to get up for these teams yet. They, because they, they haven't played that level of basketball yet. They're not there right. in, in, in their level of progression as a team. Now, the teams that will step on OKC's neck are the Clippers, the Warriors, the Blazers, because they understand we got to knock these boys out when they're down because it's hard enough to knock them out when they're at full strength. And these are those are the teams that understand what a win now means later on in the rest of the season just, just for positioning. Not even because, oh, yeah, we beat OKC when they're hurt. No, just for playoff positioning. Those are the teams that understand that. Utah doesn't know that. Sacramento is on the cusp of learning how to do that, but they're not there yet. Um, you know, New York, like Detroit. Detroit is not one of the, Detroit doesn't know how to win yet. You see what I'm saying? A lot of these teams that they're playing do not understand how to win. And that's the one advantage OKC has right now is that they're not playing a whole bunch of um, Memphis Grizzlies and, 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 and Golden States and all of the, you know, um, you know the Chicago's, the Cleveland's. They're not playing a lot of those teams. They're not playing San Antonio. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, it's not like a lot of those back-to-back. They got Orlando. You know what I'm saying? So, so they're playing against teams that don't know how to win. And, and, and just and, and for an example, the first game of the year, the Hornets are a playoff team. Milwaukee Bucks are trying to be a playoff team. Milwaukee had a 24-point lead with over six minutes to go in the third quarter and lost that game. That's what bad teams do. They don't know how to close out games. And a lot of these and teams, teams find a way to lose. Playing, <laughs> That's they my do. motto. They do, and, and, and they just—they're they're not playing stiff competition right now. Okay. What was your? Uh, uh, Sneak, I know you said you had a question. What was your question? Okay. Well, I'll just, uh, uh, I had one more thing. Um, also, you know, Scott Brooks. I mean, you know, he does. I, I think he does an okay thing on defense. You know, but you know, one thing I think that's going to hurt them in this uh, month—they're going to be without these guys or month and a half or whatnot. You know, he's not exactly. Like a Rick Carlisle, you know Rick Carlisle is in in a, this incredible play call coach, and Greg Popovich the way they can devise offensive teams to get shots for guys. You know I don't know, you know like they really haven't had to do that because when you have Westbrook and Durant, you've got two of the probably five best players in the game, and you know your your playbook doesn't need to be as expensive as maybe like a Dallas's, you know, or like a San Antonio, you know, and I think that may that I, for me that's the one that's going to hurt them. You know, 
a little bit in this stretch because, you know, they're going to have to, you know, find ways to get buckets. And, you know, depending on how long Perry Jones is out, what the, you know, Reddy Jackson is, you know, he's playing, but, you know, if he gets hurt, you know, how are they going to get buckets? You know what I'm saying? That's a good question. You got to start Kendrick Perkins at, at point guard, man. As simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> That's they're a good really question, man. Trouble, I, I, I think that it's, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely in trouble because you you got to get buckets somehow, some way from somebody. Uh, the thing is, Captain, I when you look up and down that roster, man, I just don't know where the buckets are going to come from. And, and, it, and it, I get where, you know, everybody's been saying as far as where OKC should be and where they need to be in order to qualify just to get in the playoffs. Um, you know, if they know what I know, they better hope Durant and, and, and Westbrook are back sooner than later. Because if those timetables are off, or let's say there's a setback or something like that, keep in mind, even once they get back, they, they have very little room for error. Um, they basically got to hit it, hit the floor, and OKC's going to have to rip it. And not to say that they couldn't, because you can always feed off of those Eastern Conference bottom feeder teams, but, you know, to pad your stats, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's 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 going to be it's gonna be tough. They've dug a hole. I think they can do it, but it's, it's going to be tough. And we'll, and we'll know, especially as we get closer, probably, let's say, if we revisit this discussion a month from now, or maybe right around Christmas time, we'll have a better idea as to where OKC is and where they may or may not go. Absolutely, I think you guys are. Uh, I, I, I agree right on, man. I I just I just look at Scott Brooks, and he's he doesn't he doesn't remind me of like a guy that's gonna draw up plays you know, for that unit. And he really, you know, that team feeds off having the two two just beasts of athletes and you know Durant they both can get their own shot and you know they really you know set everybody else up and just having to you know be without that for a month and a month and a half that's that for me that's why I think they're going to go around 7 and 15 8 16 now if they if they find a way to come out 12 and 12 and these guys come back like they are you know they'll win 50 games you know no no doubt but uh, I just look at it now and I just I know they got some some winnable games, but I think winnable games are easily losable games, especially when you don't have your start. No, no doubt. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, as always, Captain Sneak, man, we definitely appreciate you for calling in, brother. Uh, thank you. Go Pats, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Phone number, Captain Sneak, call 646-478-0356. Uh, we got about six minutes left, man. I want to throw out something that our girl, uh, homegirl Janae threw out on Twitter. She wanted to get our opinion on. And we love it when you guys send us tweets as far as things you want us to talk about. Um, but she she hit us up on Twitter. She had a question. She said uh, it's been almost uh, November 19th actually makes the 10-year mark, anniversary mark, since the brawl at the palace. I, I did not realize it's been almost <laughs> 10 years since the brawl at the palace. Um, what were your thoughts about it, and you know how has the NBA changed uh, since you since you're from Detroit, B, and that was that's your team, man. I'll start with you, man. What your, your thoughts on the brawl at the Palace, and uh, and how do you think the uh, NBA has changed? Well, uh, my thought on that was I couldn't believe what I was witnessing when I was watching it. I was like, right. what the hell? I mean, 
that was the first thing. I was just like, this is this got this can't be for real. Like it was just crazy how, you know, Steven Jackson and just everybody was just going crazy, fighting, going literally fighting the stands in, in that arena, man. It, 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 it was it was something I've never seen before. It, it looked like it looked like a scene in the movie. I mean, it looked like like a basketball movie. You just see like this ball, like like what's that movie uh, with Will Ferrell? Um, Semi Pro. It looked like a scene yeah. like that. Semi Pro, man. It was, it, it was just like, what in the heck am I watching? I couldn't believe it. And, I mean, I think ever since how it changed the NBA, I think ever since that incident, I think, you know, David Stern was already pretty much a firm commissioner. Like, he was very firm in whenever he laid down the law. I think since that, it made him even just – it made him, like, worse. He, like, if you – and from that point, if you had done anything, like, if you even looked at the stand uh, audience wrong or if you even – did something to a coach wrong because you know let's not forget you know a few years back you know Sprewell choked choked out his coach yeah so it was exactly. kind of like you know I think I think David Stern was looking like man this, this league is getting out of hand I need to do something and I think ever since that incident Stern has been very David Stern was very very tough on players like like unquestionably tough like it was like he was so tough to the point where he was like dang Stern like why are you why you gotta do that to them? Why you gotta give them that type of punishment? So I, you know, I just think ever since that brawl in the palace, Stern just kind of was like, "Look, I'm about to, I'm about to wear my guns around here and show y'all who's the real boss." And I think he kind of he rubbed off on Roger Goodell a little bit. I always, I always thought that Roger Goodell got some of his disciplined ways from the post uh, brawl in David Stern. I always thought that. So yeah, I think that's the way it changed. I, I think you know, just stiffer punishment. That we weren't expecting from players when they was doing stuff. I think since they since they brought in the palace, cause I think he gave what uh, Ron Artest a whole year and yeah, what Stephen Jackson and Jermaine O'Neal was like what forty something games, like thirty something, forty something games, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I just think you know Stern had to I th- he had to lay the law down because that was really a bad look for the NBA at the time. It was it was it was a horrible look. I mean, you know, it, it was already a lot of you know, racial tension from people about the NBA and then that being thrown out there, that happening, you know, and then you got the Allen Iverson wearing, you know, he changed dress code, you know, Allen Iverson was wearing, you know, mm-hmm. about five pieces of jewelry around his neck and jogging pants to games and, you know, David Stern changed that. So, it, you know, it was just a mm-hmm. lot of stuff going on in the NBA that was kind of getting a lot of negative, negative looks that people, that Stern was like, wait a minute, I need to do something about this. So, you know, it was kind of, it was... I ain't gonna say it was a good thing, but it was just a, I guess it was like a good eye opener for people to be like, look, okay, this this is not what the NBA is about. NBA is about great competition with some of the greatest athletes in the world, and you right. know you don't want that to be remembered as a brawl in the palace. Players going into the stands fighting the fans, you know what I'm saying? These these, these are people that help that help you know generate money in the league, you know, to besides the players, but you know you got to have the fans to to, to, to make it happen, so. Yeah, it, it was nuts. I mean, when I was watching, I thought it was a thing from a movie or something. I couldn't believe it. But, hey, you know, it, it happened. It happened. And, you know, I, I'm glad the NBA is kind of trying to forget about that. Because, yeah, it's like when you talk about the NBA, you don't want to put that out there. I'm sorry. I'm talking too long. My bad. My bad. <laughs> you shouldn't have asked me first, man. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have asked me first, man. You know, you know I'm going to be trading, man. You know I was going to trade. Right. <laughs> hey, real quick, what, what about you, V4? What, what's your take on it real quick? Um, shit. Uh, I remember when it happened. I I, I, I couldn't believe it. Because, like B said, man, it was going ham. It wasn't like... 
you know, sometimes there's in fights where you just try to restrain two parties. No, Steven Jackson was in that mud with Ron Artest, whooping that man. They was up there just getting it in. Um, yeah, I didn't realize it was ten years as well. Um, but you know, I think it was a, I think it was a much needed turning point in the NBA, um, just as an image, because it just seems like you know there was a down period after that. But since that, you know, like look at the TV uh, deal that they were just able to sign. You know, I, I think that it's not something that you should be ashamed of, but it's something that helps shape the future of the NBA. So you know, you can't, you can't. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? But either way, um, overall, I think it was just it had an overall positive effect ten years later. Okay. Last but not least, what about you, Q? Oh my goodness, I'm, I apologize. I'm just geeking so much off this video, I, dude. I was about, I think it was eight or nine when this happened. Damn. But I have <laughs> the funniest, I have the funniest like recollection of this. I was a huge Ben Wallace fan at this time. I'm going to keep it short. I was a huge Ben Wallace fan at, at this time. And I remember being, like, a huge, like, just, you know, just, oh, Ben Wallace, I had a fake afro and everything. And when I seen them going at it, I was just like, what is this? Like, why are they fighting like, like this? And I remember I'm watching the game with my uncle, and he's like, this is a prime example of just unadulterated coonery. And I was just on the floor crying laughing when this was happening. This was hands down the like the turning point of when the NBA left the you know the Pat Riley era of like no layups and all that into the era of let's all be nice and be friends and everything. That's that's when this was the very moment. That and when Kobe got punched. But that was the moment, man. Hands down. No doubt, man. I I I, I remember it and like I said, shout out to Janae for for even asking about it. I didn't realize it's been ten years, and I remember seeing it. I, I never forget me and my boys coming from a club. We left the club, we got back to the crib, and it was on TV. And we were, you know, at first glance, I was like, yeah, get, you know, like I was all for our test going in the stands, whipping that dude's ass. <laughs> and then the more, more and, and you can kind of tell, like after the emotion of everything and the announcers even talked about it, like even SportsCenter, the guys who were calling it, they were more pro basketball player than they were pro fan because whoever threw that cup of ice, they shouldn't have done I mean, first and foremost, Artest should have never laid on that, that table. But, um, you know, the fact that uh, that, that happened and, and he and Steven Jackson went in the stands, and I, and I get Steven Jackson for going in there and backing up his teammate too as, as well. Um, but you can't do that. You can't do that. And it was a turning point. I, I remember – the NBA, uh, I'm slightly older than you guys, <laughs> but I remember my some of my first memories of the NBA. The NBA, and I've said this before on the show, the NBA was on tape delay. Um, so, you know, games weren't shown live or anything like that. So it was, um, you know, the NBA, they did not, they didn't have a great image. Guys were fighting and stuff, and it was a huge drug problem in the NBA. Half the league was on coke. Um, but they turned things around. So, I will I will give credit to David Stern for laying, you know, laying down the law and like B said, the dress code came after that, and, and the NBA really became more image conscious. It was a black eye, but uh, you know sometimes things happen for a reason, and a lot of good came out of it. So, and I don't think people view NBA players the same since that moment, and I think you got to thank David Stern for that. Um, 
we have actually gone over our limit. So uh, when Q was talking, I, I didn't want to cut him off, but when Q was talking, uh, so if you're listening, if you're on the phone, you can still hear us. And then when you guys listen to the, the, the podcast, this part will be on the podcast. But for the people who are listening at home, um, it cut off uh, right before Q stopped talking. But wanted to give everybody a chance to finish their point. Um that's gonna do it for tonight, man. We had a great show. Want to thank Q for filling in for for uh, for Ken, man. We definitely appreciate Q for coming through and rocking with us. Uh, shout out to everybody that called in. We definitely appreciate the love. Uh, major, major shout out to to uh, to Ken, man. Ken and his wife, uh, baby boy, healthy healthy baby boy. We've got to shout them out as well. Uh, remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every Wednesday. Excuse me, Tuesday night. In the event you cannot listen to the show live. Check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash dead end sports. You can also check us out on Stitcher Radio as well as iTunes. Uh, that's going to do it for this week, man. So for Q the Six Man, for BZ, for FIFO, for our boy Ken is not here with us. Uh, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll holler at you guys next week. Peace.